Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. When it comes to eating well, sometimes it feels like it's a guessing game. Even if something looks good for me, the label is usually full of mystery ingredients. Who's got time for that? Not me. That's why I love Daily Harvest. They say no to weird ingredients, fillers, seed oils, added sugars, and even gluten if that's something you avoid. So all I have to do is say yes to delicious, easy-to-prep options that never leave me wondering what's really in my food. They deliver delicious options such as smoothies, harvest bowls, soups, and my new favorite, their bites that are built on organic fruits and vegetables straight to my door. Thanks to Daily Harvest, I always have something convenient in my freezer, especially on a really busy day. Take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash ifstories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 336 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Tanya. Tanya lives in Houston, Texas, and she is in marketing and communications for a health insurance company. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you, Jen, Marie, Catherine, and Stevens. It's so great to talk to you. I love it. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am so glad to talk to you, and I can tell we're going to have a great episode already. I can always tell before we even start, but (laughs) you know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? 
So I'll start with the long story, take you back a few years. Growing up, I was pretty much a normal weight until about maybe the age of 10. And I grew up in an, a multi-generational home with my grandparents and my aunt and my mom. And we were kind of self-insulated and I was the only child. And I grew up playing by myself, daydreaming, writing, reading, playing with my dogs. But my mom needed help raising me because she was going through a few of her own struggles. And so between the ages of 10 and 15, you can see in my school pictures, the weight gain. And it had a lot to do with just, you know, emotional eating, eating for recreation, all those kinds of things. So around the age of 15, I went to JCPenney to take photos. And you remember JCPenney's photo booth and you know, those pictures and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to kill it in these pictures. Well, I get them back and I'm just staring at the pictures and I could not believe it. I could not believe what I looked like. And a lady was standing over my shoulder. She was so nice. She goes, you look so pretty. And I was thinking, you're lying to me. <laughs> Why are you lying to me? But, you know, growing up, I was, you know, overweight, but it never impaired me from just doing things. I was a very active kid. It manifested itself more so in buying clothes and doing things like that. And, you know, I remember going into the stores to try on clothes and they're not fitting right and just being so sad. Can you tell me how old you are now? Do you mind sharing that? That'll help put it in perspective what era that was. Yes. Okay. So I was born in 1970. I will be 53 in November. See, I thought you were younger than that. Oh, you look oh, amazing. What day in November? Well, your husband, Chad, and I are birthday twins, November 14th. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe so. Oh, I see the Scorpio. I got a Scorpio shirt on, but yes. All right. Well, you look fabulous. I would never guess that you were. Oh, thank you. You know, so I was born in, you know, 1970. So this was maybe around 1984, 1985. And I knew I had to do something. I really didn't know what it was, but I knew I had to do something. I grew up reading a lot of magazines, a lot of teen literature. Do you remember the Sweet Dreams teen series of books? I don't remember those. I don't know how I missed those. Oh, oh. well, because you weren't as sheltered and living by yourself. And No, but you know what's funny? I did, though. I did, because when you were describing that, it made me feel like my own upbringing. You know, my mother had some struggles she was going through. I won't get into, because that's her story, not mine. But I had to entertain myself as well. And I read, read, read. But I, I was just reading different things. Like, I would read things over and over again. Like, my friends were books. <laughs> so I totally get it. And, you know, magazines. And so I read a whole lot of tea magazines. And they had, in those times the advertisements for the fat camps, you know, where you go to the weight loss camp. Jen, if I had had the money, if I could have spirited myself to a weight loss camp, I would have been there. It would have like, you know, set me on a path for success, solved all my problems. And, you know, low key, I still probably would go if I could, just to have that kind of like get away, truly just focus on yourself. But that was never gonna happen. I grew up very poor, poor and educated, you know, Growing up in a very low-income neighborhood, and you know that's something for a little bit later in the podcast. So I exercised by myself in my room. I did like 
slim fast shakes. So I didn't really change a whole lot of my food with the exception of doing stuff like slim fast shakes in the morning. Well, that's all that we had, right? I mean, that was like, we didn't know. I mean, my mother did the calorie counting, what she had the little calorie book, but slim fast was like the product that you could buy. And I remember like looking at those cans in the store when I was, I guess, home from college and finally, you know, after I gained the freshman 15, looking at those cans and like, well, I guess this is the secret to weight loss, slim fast in a can. <laughs> and between that and I had an exercise bike, magazine, exercise programs. I, over the course of between 15 and 17, oh, and also Oprah came on to the scene. So a lot of just Oprah self-help, you know, episodes truly helped me to get my life together by myself. I loved Oprah. I never missed an episode of Oprah if I could help it. And that was like before we could record things, you had to like be there for it, right? Were you watching the day she pulled that wagon of fat out? Jen, I will never forget. Ever forget. And she was so proud of herself. And I was like, this is such an accomplishment. You know, unfortunately, she did end up gaining a lot of it back. And truly, at this point, I'm fast forwarding to right now. But, you know, she's, you know, lost a lot of weight again. It, it looks like she's been able to do it very healthy. And I wonder to myself if she's been doing some sort of intermittent fasting, you know. I would love to hear that. Oprah, I would love to help you. No, please. <laughs> what can we do? Jen plus Oprah. What can we do to make this happen? She has inspired me in so many ways, like spirituality to just how to treat people and gratitude. Like she was the first person I heard talking about gratitude ever. Yes. Exposure to different things that I was not getting exposed to in my life. And so I will say that even though I grew up in a very low income very predominantly black neighborhood. I liked a lot of mainstream things. So right along Michael Jackson, I loved Huey Lewis in the news, you know, so it was, there was like the dichotomy of like, who am I? What is happening here? Anyway, all that to say, and then I did a whole lot of exercise videos. So I've always been a person who likes to exercise and move. That's never been something I have not done. And so, you know, I would do very early on, well, Let's get a little farther, but did you ever do the firm tapes? Yes. <laughs> I had those tapes. Those, the standard bearer firm tapes. I adored that. I would flip through that collage exercise video catalog, you know, just like I did like the Scholastic Book Fair catalog when I was a kid. The collage one was the one for exercise videos. So I was all over exercise at home. And then, so around the age of about 17, I was graduating from high school. I started school early. So I was graduating early and going off to college early. And so I had lost at that point, I guess I would say my highest weight at that point was 209, 210. And by the time I graduated, I was around 170. Okay. And how tall are you? I'm about five, four and a half. A half. The half matters. It does. It does. Yes. And so I went off to college and at that point, I had a whole lot more freedom over just my space. When I realized I did not have to come home on the weekends, I never came home. <laughs> I get it. I didn't go home either. I, I loved being in college. There was chaos in my home life. I'm just going to put it that way, you know. <laughs> on my side, there was a lot of, I was alone a lot, but I was also mentally, emotionally, and up until that, at that point, kind of financially helping to care for my mom. And so you know, I'll just leave it there. So it was a lot. And so going off to college, 
it was stressful because I was paying for it myself, singing to all of those things by myself. But I found a really great group of friends, which is so funny because they were so diverse. People I never would have interacted with in my neighborhood became my closest friends in college. And so, you know, there's kind of like this very dual consciousness type of life going on. Here's where I came from, but these are my friends. What is happening here? So, you know, it was a whole lot of period of growth and whatnot, stressful growth, but growth nonetheless. Then I graduated and moved away for a job where I was gone for about a year. I lived in Las Vegas for almost a year. And at that point, I had gotten to my lowest weight because my apartment complex was in the same parking lot as an exercise gym. And so I got a trainer at the gym and he gave me some advice that, you know, served me well for years, regardless of the yo-yo and my weight. He was like, lift heavy and walk for a long time. That's it. And truly nothing else on the exercise front worked like that. It was, it felt right. It felt easy and it felt natural, you know. I was just a random trainer at a gym in your apartment complex, lift heavy, walk for a long time. So about that time, I was getting ready to move back. I reached my all-time lowest weight of about 146, which like literally blew my mind. I could not even believe it. And I think it was because I just kind of like sailed past you know, what maybe my set point would have been, you know, to tell you right now, I never hit that weight ever again. That was like super (laughs) love for me. But uh, it was such a revelation that this could work. So I moved back to Houston, get going starts and stalls with life and whatnot. And my weight starts to fluctuate again. I got married around 26 So I moved away around 21, 22. I moved back and then around 24, I met my husband. We're at this point, we're going to be amicably separating soon, but very amicably. So I met him around 24. We got married around 26. Five years later, I had my daughter who is going to be 21 in September. So it's been a lot of life happening, you know, just how how life is. It's so much fun to have adult children that are like especially when they hit 21, you can let some of the worries go. (laughs) Yes. And she, you know, if you've ever seen the movie Beloved or read the book Beloved, there's a line where Sethi says that her daughter is her best thing. Well, she is my best thing. And she gave me an opportunity to be a mother to myself while mothering her. Oh, now that is so beautifully said. Like, I want to pause and reflect on that for a moment because Gosh, like, I'm feeling emotional. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) But, you know, that is so beautifully said because, you know, I don't want to trash talk my mother. I love my mother. But feeling unmothered, I get that. Like, I feel, I feel that so strongly. So thank you for saying it. Oh, thank you, Jen. And it has helped me through quite a few times. And so I have tried to be, in all of the things I tried to do with my life, to be a great role model for her. And one of those things was just trying to, you know, be at peace with my body and have it reflect the effort that I put into my body. Because I never stopped exercising. I never stopped trying to, you know, watch what I ate, you know, be a healthy person. But so I got up to a high weight again of maybe around, and I always stopped around 214, 215. 
I lost and gained about 30 to 50 pounds over about five, five good times between 20 or between 23 and 48 when I discovered intermittent fasting. And so if I fast forward to that, okay, so it's so funny because I hear people say all the time, I can't remember where I heard about it first. And I can't remember where I heard about it first. It truly Googling on Facebook, just, I don't know where the phrase came into my mind, but I do remember in October of 2018, I was 47 and I told my doctor, I said, I think I'm going to start intermittent fasting. And so she's been my doctor for 20 some odd years. She's from India. And so she was skeptical, but we've always had really great conversations. And then she ended it by saying, well, you know, my grandmother grew up eating only, you know, one meal a day. And I was like, okay, so Dr. Varde, I think I'll be fine. You know, having a window of five hours. I think I'll be fine. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Yeah, my grandmother did that. We hear that all the time. It's like an ancient secret that we've just rediscovered and we're acting like we invented it. <laughs> I did not invent intermittent fasting, everybody. I just I just have a really big mouth and like to tell people about things that are good. <laughs> I love that you do. I would think about it intellectually. I'd go, there are whole countries that are not able to eat three meals per day. And it might it's not always the best situation but they're not dying. There has to be some different way to do it. But I told my doctor about it because I was starting to get sore from just doing like moderate exercise. And I said, Dr. Bardet, I feel so inflamed all the time. I feel sore. I don't understand why even moderate exercise is so painful now. And I said, and diabetes doesn't run in my family. And I said, I feel like there has to be something that's like pre, pre, pre diabetes, you know, and little did I know at that point what I was stumbling onto, you know, just understanding that there was something in the body that just wasn't right. I didn't know how to get there with it because I was still, you know, doing the multiple meals per day, doing a gym related uh, nutrition, like low carb or kind of macros, things like that. It was still gym-based. Now, I will say that I have been a member of Weight Watchers a few different times over the years, and there was success with it. I liked the group aspect of it, but I did not like the focus on food. I just didn't like to think about food like that, try to you know have tips and tricks to make food work for you, because at the heart of it, I just felt like, it shouldn't be this hard to maintain a healthy weight. What is the problem? Are you tired of feeling tired? Are you someone who hits snooze and then slams your head straight back on the pillow? Magnesium Breakthrough is an all-natural supplement that helps you sleep more peacefully and wake up feeling refreshed. Magnesium Breakthrough is the only magnesium supplement on the market that contains the optimal ratio of all seven essential types of magnesium. So if you want to feel more energized and get the best night's sleep you've had in forever, check out bioptimizers.com slash ifstories. In addition to the discount you get by using the promo code ifstories10, you can get free gifts with your 
purchase up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough. And who does not love something free? Act fast. This is a limited time offer. Go now to buyoptimizers.com slash IF stories. And don't forget to use the promo code IF stories 10. You'll be amazed at how much better you feel by taking magnesium breakthrough. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. So Weight Watchers is about the only thing that I really did on the nutrition front beyond like, you know, different foods and slim fast and whatnot. So, and I know that's the one you did not do. It's the one I didn't do. But yeah, it's funny just to think about how we get conditioned and the whole idea of like being good, being bad. Did you find that kind of coming in? And I feel like programs like that really kind of encourage you to think that way. I was talking to somebody recently and, you know, I'm, I'm delaying alcohol right now. I don't know. I'm feeling so much better. I may never really drink again. I think I might be at that point. <laughs> I'm just like feeling so great. But we went and ate and I had a, like a, I don't know, virgin margarita instead of a regular margarita. And like, I didn't feel like I wished I could have the other one. I was like, no, I just, I don't want to drink. I literally don't, don't want to. But my friend said, oh, you're being good. And I like thought about that. I'm like, I'm not being good. I want to feel good. It's not the same thing at all. But we have that so ingrained in our heads, the whole like you're being good. So you go to the meetings for Weight Watchers and they're probably like, I was good this week. And the scale rewards you for being good. Yes. And the lead up to the scale and the jokes you're telling as you get on the scale about what it was you did before or how you hope it's going to work out this time. You know, all those kinds of things. And I was just thinking, it really should not be this hard just to maintain a healthy weight. As I said, I can't remember where I first heard of intermittent fasting, but I found you very soon after. I downloaded Delay, Don't Deny immediately. And, you know, I walk and listen to podcasts, listen to books, and I listen to your book and no more than a day and a half. And I just remember thinking, It makes so much sense. Eat a good amount, wait a while, eat a good amount again, you know. Let your body rest, use up what it has so it can use up the excess. And I was like, I can do that. That makes so much sense. I didn't have any problem with the clean fasting. I was like, okay, good. I'm cool. You know, I grew up drinking black coffee, so that was never an issue for me. And I started... With like, I want to say very short while, 18.6, but I went to 19.5 very quickly. And at that time, I stopped exercising because I really wanted to see if how this would work just by itself. And I felt like I was moving through the world a lot more clearly, a lot more slowly, and just kind of like taking it all in. And I had a whole lot of inflammation success right off the bat. At that point in time, I was weighing every day because I really just wanted to track and see what was happening. And every day I would step on the scale, every morning, there would be some change. There was not a day where there wasn't some sort of change. And I honestly was gobsmacked. 
I could not believe it. And so I would say within the first 10, 15 days, I lost so much inflammation, which I was very happy for. You know, I didn't care if it was fat weight, inflammation weight. It all made a difference in how my clothes felt, how I felt, you know, how my skin felt. Well, it's huge. You know, people talk about, oh, I'm sure it's only water weight, but I want you to grab a bunch of gallons of water and feel how heavy they are. And like, if you lost 10 pounds of water weight, for example, that's a lot. Uh, Try to carry around 10 pounds of jugs of water all day. That's substantial. So you really do feel it. It feels like such a difference. I know what you mean. Like, like even the way your, your joints move. Like when you're inflamed, it's hard to move your fingers. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. the inflammation was killing me. It really was so, it was such a detriment to just me living well. And so I did some sort of, well, based on your uh, recommendations, you know, I would go in and get my blood work done. And I said, hey, I want a fasting insulin level. And my doctor was like, really? Why? She goes, do you mean a fasting glucose? I was like, no, a fasting insulin level. This is what I want to measure. And so I didn't get it when I first started, but like a year and a half into it, I got it. And it was like 2.5. Fantastic. 2.5 to 5 is optimal from what we from what we believe to be true. 2.5 to 5. And I didn't even get one until, gosh, the first time I had one was maybe either 2019 or 2020. But I wish I had one from before. I wish I had a fasting insulin from when I was obese. That would be so interesting to compare. But I had huge abdominal obesity. I had visceral fat. I'm sure I was super duper insulin resistant. And I didn't. That is not how my body is set up. So I figured that most of mine was just from what I had experienced. Once the inflammation was gone, once my levels were together, the fat truly could just release itself. You just had it all over. You just had excess fat everywhere. not Excess fat all over. So from like October 2018 through, I want to say, January 2020, I lost the majority of it. I had a few stalls, but I lost the majority of weight. So I started at 214.6, and I'm maintaining now around 166. But I, I do want to go back and say, so around the same time I discovered you, I discovered a podcast called Primal Potential by Elizabeth Benton. And she wrote a book called Chasing Cupcakes. So the two of those things in tandem really worked for my benefit. Is she paleo? No, she's more mindset. Okay. I just wonder because primal potential made me think of primal eating and the paleo movement. Okay. So she's mindset kind of person and being mindful. Mindful eating then? Mindful in the way that taking responsibility for your things being present in what you're doing. She's a really great podcaster. She's written a couple of different books, uh, self-published like you were. So the two of y'all really had a lot to do with me, you know, being able to take on both journeys at the same time. Now, I would say that if I'd only known of primal potential, it would have been much harder. Intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating is the foundation, the cornerstone of all of my health and wellness stuff because it really would have had more of a a work aspect to it than if I weren't intermittent fasting, which has been easy. It's been easy. So I started off doing primarily 19.5, but I would do some 36 and 42 hour fasts just to see if I could do it. And I could do it. 
So this was in back in 2018 through about 2020. And I got down to about 166. And so around September 2020, in the height of the pandemic and the raging of presidential election, I needed to get out of my mind. I could not handle it. It's, it was a stressful time. It was really hard. I mean, that was when, that summer of 2020, there was so much just rage and animosity everywhere from all sides. I don't care where what you were believing. It was people were like fighting you on it. I mean, anything. It just felt like we couldn't agree on literally anything. That's when I was like, I got to get off Facebook. Yes. And then for me, being a Black woman, a lot of things that were being said were very detrimental to my future. And so people who I thought were friends, they were showing themselves to be more acquaintances than friends. And so that was a lot for me. So I I really needed to get out of my mind because (laughs) it was a lot. And so I took a Pilates. I started going to a classical Pilates studio here in Houston, Pure Body Studio. And I was there for two and a half years. And I tell you, I know you did some Pilates for a minute. And when you're doing Pilates, you really have to pay attention. You cannot be thinking about anything else. It is truly a mind-body practice where you are in that. I love the Pilates moves. Like, I will do it like... Okay, so I'm not good at like making my mind not do other things, but I'll, I'll have the TV on and I'll lay on the floor and I'll do Pilates moves and they feel so good. In the studio, you have a teacher and you have to pay attention to what they're saying. And I'm not a very coordinated person. I really have to check my hand for left and right. Okay, so what are we doing? <laughs> left or right? Okay, my left hand. And so I really had to like pay close attention to what I was doing. So it was a pursuit for me that I planned to go back to and eventually get my teacher certification as something on the side. But so between intermittent fasting, primal potential, and Pilates, those three things with intermittent fasting being like the foundation really have changed my mentality, the way I approach anything health-wise. And so when you talk about intuitive eating, I was totally on board with that because I was like, yes, I want to be able to intuitively eat. Why can't I just intuitively eat? Ah, it's because the insulin keeps me wanting to eat. Right. The blood sugar roller coaster. It just, the crashing, right? That's right. And it was such a revelation when I learned that if I didn't eat, it was much easier than if I ate small meals. That boggles the mind for people that have never experienced it, right? Yes. And, oh, and I will tell you, I don't ever really get hunger pains. I have like other types of symptoms. Have you ever had like a runny nose when you're getting very late into your fast? No, I haven't had that. But I actually have had snatiation, which is like I finally figured out what it was. We talked about it on the intermittent fasting podcast a long, long time ago, years ago with me and Melanie. We talked about that. If you overeat, you might start sneezing. Like on Thanksgiving, my nose starts running and I start sneezing and I've connect. I'm like, that is what I experienced. So isn't that funny? (laughs) It's called snatiation. And it only happens on like a holiday, like Christmas or Thanksgiving, because I don't normally eat that much day to day. But I mean that I don't eat eat Thanksgiving, Christmas, I'm out (laughs) day to day. But so I gotten away from doing the longer fast because, you know, I'll be 53 soon and listening to Cynthia Thurlow and just wondering about perimenopause and 
you know, doing things that might be detrimental to my body because sometimes on my longer fast, I would feel like I was, I would have like menstrual cramps. There was really nothing that was, should be happening. So I was like, okay, I don't want to over fast in a way that physiologically does something because it wasn't super long, but I just, I didn't know if it, if I was setting myself up for something that I didn't need to. And the key I get is really always listening to your body and if it feels weird. All right, so what was the but? I don't. I was interrupting. Well, no, but I was going to say, so I'm around 166 right now. I do want to lose maybe about another 10 tops. And the number really is dependent on the level of fat that I see in my body. I just really want to look. It's not the scale number. It's the amount of body fat that you feel like your body could still give up. You want a goal body, not a goal number. That's right. And I'm like, body, you know, we're good. I talk to myself in the mirror and say, body, we don't need this. We're good. You're going to be okay. So I figure that will be around mid to high 150s. So I'm going to start doing some alternate daily fasting. And the key is the refeed, right? That's the key. Very well researched as far as, you know, being, being good for your body. The down day, which might be a 36-hour to 42-hour full fast, or you can have the 500-calorie down day if you choose to. The down day is where your body taps into fat, and then the up day is where you refeed and convince your body everything's fine. That's the metabolic boost, and they, they have to work together. We fast, then we feast. And when you... F- well, thank you. When you fast a little longer, you have to feast longer, too. <laughs> you know, the fast is when I am preoccupied enough. Longer fasts are nothing. Like, after this interview, my daughter and I, we're driving up to Austin for a couple of days because she goes to school at the University of Texas, and she's been making some trips back and forth for the summer. And I said, hey, I'll come with you for one of them, you know, since I'm not doing anything else this summer. A quick trip up to Austin will will be fun. So I'm, I haven't eaten since around 3 o'clock yesterday. And when I get an opportunity, I'll go, okay, this is an opportunity to put in a longer fast. So I won't eat until I get to Austin, which four or five o'clock is when I'll eat. You'll have about a 20, 25 hour fast today. Yep. That's a good one. Yep. And you don't have to do anything special after that, after 25. No up day required. No, because I'll be preoccupied with driving and I made it a rule to just never eat in the car. You know, there won't be an opportunity to until... I'm there. And you'll have a delicious dinner. Do you already know where you're going to go? No, I don't know yet. I don't know. There is one coffee shop that we always go to called Mozart's. But I don't know if we'll go there today, but we'll definitely hit it before I come back to town. So I would say just for some facts and figures. So I started about 214.6 and I had, I was daily tracking my weight on this just very simple weight app. And then a year or so ago, Somehow, my phone decided I needed to enter a PIN in order to get into my phone. Jen, I had not set up a PIN on my phone, so I had to have my phone wiped. So I lost all of those years of just daily weight tracking. I'm pretty sure it was 214.6. I got down in January 21, about 158 which I would never see again, <laughs> at least until this point. But I know it's possible. And it I guess I just sailed toward that because I wasn't keeping track of it. Because once the pandemic started, I was like, okay, 
Oh, so let me back up and say, so I bought this pair of jeans at Talbot's outlet that were a size 14. So I've gone from like 14 with a couple of 16s to six with maybe a couple of eights. And that's and six has been my range. It since. feels good, doesn't it? It does. That was my goal size. I wanted to get to a six. That was that was all I wanted. When I was a fourteen slash sixteen, I'm like, oh, I would just like to be a six. Yes, yes. <laughs> I would go back and buy the same pair of jeans in the next size down, with the exception of tens. They didn't have the tens, but I sailed between a twelve and a, down to an eight, so I really never needed them. But I took a picture of all of them, you know, like this, and I posted it on the uh, Life Lessons with Jen, uh, you and Sherry on that Facebook post. So there's a Facebook post with that in there somewhere. And so and I still wear the sixes. Now, I, I did get the fours. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm not going to wear leggings. I'm going to wear these jeans every day just to make sure I stay in this size. Well, that lasted all of about a month. So I still have those fours and I get kind of close to them every now and again. So I know that's doable. So that's why I'm pretty fairly certain with some good season of ADF, you know, I will get to those and cycle between those and the sixes and I will be just fine. So those are your honesty pants. They're the true honesty pants. Yes. And so I have larger thighs. So I can always tell when inflammation is, you know, on an upswing because my pants will get tight in the thigh. And it's like, okay, so something's going on here. Let me recalibrate and get back on track. And so I that's better for me than stepping on the scale, which goes, you know, up and down two or three pounds every day. And you're like, what's happening? Why am I doing this? But I had to, I stepped on the scale just a few days ago and I can't remember why it was. Oh no, because I did an ADF cycle just to see how I would feel on it. And, you know, the nighttime was a little, it was a little tricky because like you, I like to eat every day. <laughs> Regardless of how much it is, I like to eat it at least a little bit every day. And so by the end of that evening, you know, and of course, when you go to bed and you wake up the next morning, you're cool. Yeah, because your body has flipped that switch to, to deep fat burning. And that's why I always encourage people to start eating sooner versus later on up days. Because, and then sometimes people are like, well, I'm going to get you here, Jen, because you always say, listen to your body and my body isn't hungry. So what should I do? I'm like, well, this is the time that I don't want you to listen to your body because your body is burning on fat there, running running on the fat and you might not be hungry till another whole day goes by and that is not what we're trying to do you need the up day for your metabolic boost so start early so your body has time to get its appetite back and fit in the up day so yes (laughs) so I stepped on the scale and I hadn't for months I stepped on the scale that morning to see what it was and I was like oh okay so it's 166 this was not you know this was not in vain I can see what's happening here and I guess I go I'm very metabolically flexible because I really don't have any kind of health issues beyond you know, the penchant for inflammation, which I really have to watch with whatever foods I'm eating and things like that. And so I've done like lower carb. I've never done strict paleo where I, you know, had super low carbs because I don't think that works for me because what I would do was have a really great meal, but then have too many snacks. And I was like, if you just 
had a little bit more carb in your meal, you would not want the snack. And that is 100% true. I do not feel satiated without starchy carbs, whether it's beans or potatoes or rice. Rice works well for me. You know, I don't eat a ton of pasta. Weirdly, macaroni works well, but spaghetti noodles don't. I don't know why, but that makes no sense. I don't know if I eat spaghetti noodles. I'm always starving. If I have macaroni, I'm fine. Makes no sense. But whatever it is, I don't know. Maybe just more stuff gets in the nooks and crannies. And I don't don't know. I have no idea. But I know that about my body. I have to have the starchy carbs to feel satisfied. And, you know, that's not true for everybody. Some people are not satisfied unless they have meat. Or just whatever it is their body requires. But you've got to have a certain amount of of carbs in there to feel that satisfaction. And being so close to uh, Mexico, I have avocados from Mexico nearly every day. Every day. They're one of the foundational pieces of my diet. Nature's perfect food. Jen, when you have like a really great avocado, a really great apple, a really great cantaloupe, you're like, there is nothing better in life. This is true ambrosia. So the food aspect, because, you know, when I would tell people about it, there would be all this restricting and the things you don't get to eat anymore. And I'm like, I really didn't miss them to begin with. I didn't go out to eat a lot. I was not necessarily a processed foods eater. What got me was sweets and trying to figure out why is it that I can't stop eating this thing? We all have something. Yes. There's always something, (laughs) yes. You know, all that to say, so I've been maintaining my weight within a few pounds since 21 at the very latest. I haven't been in super active, you know, heavy fat loss mode for a while. And when I first started, I had to keep telling myself because it felt so unbelievable. I could not believe this was happening. I had to keep telling myself, this is unlike anything you've done before. Just keep going. Just keep going. And the more I did it, the more things I read, listened to, learned, the Low Card Podcast, all of your podcasts, I've listened to all of them. You know, I've read, I've listened to Fast Feast Repeat. I'm listening to Cleanish, all of these things when I'm walking. So, and there's so much information out there about time-restricted eating, and just approaching health and well-being from a different perspective, a paradigm that we, that our generation did not grow up knowing. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba, and booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know, kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love because you're the long distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great tasting, high-quality organic dairy, ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop.
O-O-P. We really didn't. We didn't. We didn't understand it. And we're the generation that grew up on Pop-Tarts and TV dinners. Oh, my gosh. The banquets, the hungry mans. Yes. Morton's. That was the brand I liked. Morton's. (laughs) The one that had beans and franks and it had some apples and cinnamon and then it had cornbread. That's the one I liked. Mine was, there was a Salisbury steak one. And I did like Salisbury steak, yes. And there was a chicken fried steak one. But, you know, we've gotten much better with our nutrition and just taking it truly back to as many whole foods, unprocessed foods as possible. And, you know, and when people come to me, because every year on my fast anniversary, I will post on my Facebook and say, it's been another year since I've been doing this. If you have any questions, please ask me. And I have had people you know, reach out to me and ask. And, you know, I have a whole long paragraph that I put together that I share with them. And, you know, I take them through and I tell them, eat in whatever fashion works for you. But over time, you're going to realize what you prefer. So if you're a meat eater, if you're a vegetarian, if you're just a regular standard American diety person, you will find something that works for you. But the basis of it is the time that you don't eat. That's it. And it helps you to really clue in on what makes you feel great. I mean, that's the key. When you give your body rest, it speaks to you in a way that it never did before. And you are are able to intuitively eat at that point. And you're like, ah, okay, here we are. This is what's happening. And that really is, that's what I was always missing with intuitive eating. Well, I love all the principles of intuitive eating, but when I was eating all day, I was unable to hear my body talk to me. It's like if you're in a, in a concert hall or you know, at a rock concert and the music's really loud, you can't hear the person whispering to you. But if you're in a quiet room, you hear the whisper. And intermittent fasting is like you're finally in the quiet room. And I always say, if I ever had a restaurant, I would call it, I could eat. That would be the name <laughs> of that. It. I could eat. I could eat. <laughs> that was me all the time with intuitive eating. Ask yourself, are you hungry? Yes. <laughs> The answer was always yes. And so as part of the whole, you know, my husband and I were amicably separating. Truly, you know, we are living our best lives. For my small family of three, we will always be in each other's lives. And I want us to all live our best life, right? And so part of this purchase was going to find myself a desk and a chair for what is now my office. And so... As impractical as it feels sometimes, it's so pretty and I like it. Well, I love it because it looks just like mine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's got, it's got a, for everyone who can't see it, which is all of you, <laughs> it is a, we have, it's like a creamy ivory background. It's like a floral print with blues and I have tans and a little bit of yellow. And mine is more of a, a black and white of yours. So it's a similar feeling, but you're right. It's like impractical, but it's just for me. I, I love that. And doesn't it feel nice to just choose the things that speak to you, furnish your home the way you want to? Yes, it does. Because there was always, and it still lives within me, a striver's mentality where you're kind of, I want to be comfortable with what I have. And I am very grateful for where I am now. But there's always a kind of um, a striving to it where you feel like, you want to keep doing because there's more to be done. And balancing that with gratefulness and gratitude and not getting too far beyond what it is that you're already in, because that is one thing, Jen. So I would say with things like 
trying to focus on a goal, I would find myself getting too obsessed with the goal where that would feel burdened by doing the goal. I like journaling, things like that, right? But then the requirement to have to journal <laughs> and journal of substance would like make take away the fun of journaling. So I really had to focus on living in today. What do I do today? And with my daughter getting older, I was like, if I'm planning five years out, that means in five years, she's going to be 17. And I can't even imagine. I can't deal. Let me go back to like doing what I have to do right now today. But it was helpful on the flip side with the fasting because I only had to worry about today. What am I doing from sunup to sundown? One day at a time. You focus on the day. Yeah, that's it. And for everybody listening, if you're struggling with consistency, with fasting, if you've struggled with starting and stopping... You just have to get up every day and have a new day. And that's, it's, it's based as simple and as complicated as that. Whatever happens today, tomorrow is a new day. You wake up and you, and you have a good day. Because we tend to get into the whole mindset of, well, I've ruined it now. I might as well, you know, fill in the blank. And a motto that I came up with for myself was when today, just today. And when tomorrow becomes today, when today again. I love that. Say it again. Say it again. So when today, just today. And then when tomorrow becomes today, when today again. You're living in the day. You're not focused on yesterday. You're not worrying about tomorrow. It's today. Because that's really all we have control over. All we control is today, right this minute. And in my mind, when I'm thinking about you know a problem or something, and then I have like a character in my mind, old Italian guy. He's like, so what are you going to do about I it? And I'm like, well, <laughs> today I'm going to do such and such. And so it gets me out of that loop of like worrying about something into the action of doing. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah, oh my God, okay. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> also, the whole idea of having to do something about it. Sometimes you just sit with things and you, not all problems are for, for me to solve. You're correct. 100% correct. Well, that, that's fabulous. I, I love that way of thinking. So you were big on the exercise tapes, and now you're, you're doing Pilates. Is, is Pilates your favorite now? Do you do anything else? I've put Pilates on pause for the moment, but I have replaced it. And they're not the same discipline, but they kind of serve a little bit of the same purpose. I'm deep into yoga. I'm going to yoga several days a week, and then I do a lot of walking, I have my rebounder. I do a lot of rebounding and I have a, a recumbent bike in my living room. So there's just movement. I'm going to go swim in the ocean after we stop because it's swimming season. That I guess what, what's today? We're recording this on June 26th. June 24th is when the ocean was warm enough for me to swim in it <laughs> this year. But I'm going to swim in it every day. How jealous I am. Well, I'm so lucky. You get to walk, go into the water when you feel like it. You're like, I oh. Know. I have a few months now, probably till September, where I'll be able to go in every day and swim in the ocean. And it is such a good workout, but it doesn't feel like a workout. Like yesterday I was swimming. Like I like to swim a little bit away from shore, then float back on my back and jump over the waves. I mean, it's like goofy. I don't care, but it's fun. But I could feel my core engaging. You know, like I'm talking to these kids over there. I mean, it is just joy. Every second is joy. And when you get out, you're totally spent and tired, but you're not sore in a way that 
you feel like you overexerted yourself. It's like you're fighting the ocean, but in a good way. Like just getting out. I've had to fight my way out of the waves. <laughs> but it was so much fun to do. And, and so I'm really excited. It, it is, it's exciting. And I'm also going to rebound. I have my rebounder here at my work condo and I can jump on it. I pull it out and jump on it. And the one thing I haven't gotten yet is a vibration plate. And I'm really thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, I really, really love it. You know, I have, I've had recumbent bikes in my life and I've had other things, but the only stuff that stuck around is my vibration plate and my rebounder. Like, I didn't even move the hula hoop. There was a period of time when I was hula hooping. The hula hoop didn't make the journey with me from Augusta to the beach, but, <laughs> but the rebounder did and so did the vibration plate. And just having the beach to walk on, you know, just being out, grounding yourself, being out in nature, being able to just be part of the cosmos, as it were. Hopefully one day I will move uh, to a more temperate climate where there are actual hills <laughs> and then I can just get lost and just hiking every day. That would be something I would like to do. I grew up in the mountains of Virginia and there was a lot of, lot of hiking. <laughs> So now I moved to the beach and said, I'm never going back to the mountains anyway. (laughs) I had a lot of mountains. Let me just tell you, I had a lot of mountains. (laughs) But the mountains are beautiful. But people, it just goes to show that we love nature and we crave it and we need it. We're not meant to be surrounded by pavement all the time and like in a little compartment in a city. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like a city and that there's no place for a city. You know, Cal and Kate, my son Cal, his wife Kate, they live in San Francisco. They just bought their first condo in San Francisco and I'm going to go visit them at the end of end of August beginning of September but you know they go out into nature even though they live in the middle of the concrete <laughs> in a concrete box they make time to go to the beach they go to national parks we've got to find the time to do that so I feel really really sad for anybody who can't and there are a lot of people trapped in the cities that can't get out of them because we need nature And evolutionarily speaking, you know, we as a species have far outpaced our evolution. So the things that we should be doing are still hardwired to do. We are not able to do. And so it causes a lot of stress. Yep, you're exactly right. Like you you said the word grounding, putting our bare feet on the earth, whether it's grass or whether it's sand or just dirt, whatever it is, we need to do that. It sounds woo-woo, but it's a real thing. So is there anything you struggle with? Struggle with would be my sugar intake. That's truly about the only thing. My friends would tell you that I don't like a whole lot of different types of sweets, but the ones that I do, I can get on a tear and, you know, have them until, you know, for days at a time. I get it. What is it specifically for you? What, what sweets? I like buttercream icing on like cupcakes, on good cupcakes or things like that. So I've gotten, I've become, you know, of course, a food snob. And for the most part, I can, you know, leave a lot of the low quality trash stuff behind. But if it's like a whole foods cake. Oh, a good one. I know what you mean. It's it's like totally different. If you gave me like a standard grocery store cupcake, I'd be like, nope. (laughs) But a good one. Yeah. Made with real ingredients. I totally get it. It's a whole different thing. On the food side of it, truly nothing else. My window stays consistent. 
with the ADF, I'm looking to vary it even more. You know, I've been doing more 24s, but I think I'm really going to push it up to some ADFs for just a little bit, you know, over the summer and into the fall, heading into my 53rd birthday and seeing what I can be accomplishing between now and then, you know, but truly there's no stress around. That's the best part. You've relaxed into the process. That's when you've, when it's your lifestyle is when you just relax into it and let it be what it is. That doesn't mean you don't still have a goal or things you're working for, but you're just relaxed about it instead of feeling pressure. Like you're not like, I must be this by this. No, you're just like, well, hopefully it'll happen or it won't. We'll just relax into it. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started in like one minute or less? Okay, so what I wish I knew, I just wish I had known about it a long time ago because I would have taken to it without thinking. It would not have even have been a second thought. But what I would tell anybody starting out is to do your best to explore any emotion that you have attached to your fat loss, your weight, and the journey of doing this. Because as you confront those things, it will make the getting to the healthy lifestyle that you want so much easier. You know, there's a whole lot of judgment and emotion that we have around the simple act of maintaining a healthy weight. And we'll be you'll be continually confronted with why do I have to do it this way? Why can't I, you know, eat the way they are? You know, I don't even look like I wish I did because when losing, uh, gaining that weight between 10 and 15 left me with, you know, like not perky boobs and some stretch marks here on my arms. So I don't even have like the body I wish I had, but I've removed a whole lot of the emotion and judgment around the lifestyle, which made it easier for me to just do the thing. You know, and it got me to the practice of just this healthy way of life so much easier. Well, Tanya, it has been so great to talk to you. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, my God. And so I just want to say really quickly, I am so proud to now be one of the intermittent fasting stories that other people will listen to. Like I listened to Lori, to Eddie back in the day, to JJ. I still remember when Lori was saying how her mom said that, how may I support you? I was on my walk and I had like goosebumps. I mean, I still remember every one of these episodes, something from them. So I'm so happy to be one myself. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey. 
Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.